Hello, and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, with the best 30 minutes of sleep and show business, or your money back. Uh, 50 and still nifty. This is episode 100, guys. We did it. Um, this is episode 100. We did it. Uh, I'm turning 50 this week. I don't know how that happened together. Guys, you get your money back if you don't get the best 30 minutes of sleep in show business. And you don't have to fill out some form. You don't have to wait on hold. You don't have to wait 30 days. You get online to cancel your subscription. None of that. Some of these services, man, are such filth. You have to dig to find out how to cancel your account uh, on a service that you haven't used in months, right? You use it for three days. Finally, you're canceling. And the hoops you have to jump through are just insane. Does that sound fair? Like, does that sound? I remember my dad got us, like, some ranch property at some kind of club down in East San Diego near where my brother was. And what was it called? Sundance. And we had to pay monthly dues. And we went like twice in 20 years. And they would call and be like, hey, do you want to upgrade? And he's like, not only do I not want to upgrade, once I can make it down there and have the time to put into a lawyer suing you for like entrapping me in this thing, because we couldn't get out of it forever. We were in it for like 10 years. Um, but, you know, you go to these places and it's like you're trying to log off. And the main page is always the same. What do you mean? No, it's easy. Just lo- You just go to settings and figure it out from there. They do not make it easy, man. They do not make it easy. Um, but you can unsub- unsubscribe from this baby anytime. Like, that's a problem with this podcast, getting people to figure out how to unsubscribe. Are you kidding me? You need to subscribe first. Am I right, ladies? Um. But why would you when this is episode 100? That's right, we made it. Took a while, took a while. Wasn't quite two straight years. You know, there were some breaks. There were some breaks, just like life. This is episode 100. Thanks for listening to any of these. Not sure what it all is, but not sure what existence is. You know, none of us do. We try in some way to make sense of it or live off some code or model that was set for us by the past, by family, by movies, country. There's no happy endings as we know them from fairy tales. Uh, there's really not. It's, it's all about survival. I mean, if you see Apocalypto, this great, great movie, Mel Gibson, the guy doesn't make bad movies. I, I know we don't like him anymore or whatever, but he doesn't make bad films. And he made this. And the greatest part, like at the end, when the wife is like, should we go to them, to the, our new visitors? And he's like, no, no, we're better off in the jungle with us and the kids like let's go we'll live off the land and stuff it's just that's what life is ultimately right you've got to make your own way regardless of these institutions that you think will protect you it's all about survival staying alive living the way that works for you without impeding upon others you know without harming others um because all the religions have different degrees of involvement and devout devoutness all these religions have followers that are different levels of involvement you know which is just more insanity to me like oh yeah he's really christian oh yeah he's really jewish oh yeah he's really mormon yeah very 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 devout so at what point is it like okay well we have more in common than an extreme form of me and i do even though we don't have the same religion we're neighbors you know at some point we're all people right if someone's a latino lapsed catholic conservative republican american who believes in pro-choice and non-involvement in international wars that's a lot of different things whoa that's not one clean thing uh man it's easier just to be a human being and we're all stretching ourselves in so many different directions right 
oh, I'm this Catholic from the Midwest who's also Irish, but uh, American, but I have, you know, a lot of problems with, oh, and I'm Catholic, but some of the issues from all these institutions, I, you know, I, I don't believe in. So it's like, you know, uh, all these different things, whatever. The state of Texas is as much, if not more, about Latino culture moving north from Mexico as it is about Anglo culture moving east, uh, or sorry, moving west from the east coast of America. Tejas, north country, I believe that means in Spanish or something like that. Those settlers uh, and Mexican expats, they were trying, they were tired of paying taxes to Mexico City, who had to pay Madrid, Spain, who was paying Rome, Italy, you know. Or it's like someone in Vancouver who lives next to Native Americans, but the allegiance is to Great Britain on the other side of the world. And maybe you've never even been there. It's just Great Britain. It's the only country with an adjective in front of it, I think. I mean, that is so am like the audacity. Um, so we're going to stay loyal to this thing far away that we don't see, but not to our neighbors for generations, hundreds of years. Yeah, I'm Canadian, Christian, English, liberal. You know, just we have all these categories we check off on. Uh, and, and you just wonder, it's like, how many bosses do we have? How many bot do I have? Like, F this, man. Like the movie Office Space, when Rotten Livingston says, when I make a mistake on a TPS report cover page, I have six guys correcting me. Six guys telling me I did the wrong thing. Brutal, right? Uh, so it's like, how far out does it extend? Before it's just about people and community and all that. Um... So anyway, this podcast is like existence itself is vast, inexplicable, incongruent, makes no sense. Naturally, people are going to pray and abide by some religion in the hope of some structure, some meaning, some stability in their existence. Uh, it does blow my mind that you can have a Jewish neighborhood next to a Catholic neighborhood for 150 years or whatever in some borough in New York, and those boroughs are more connected to an institution on the other side of the world, Vatican, King David, than they are to each other. It's like, yeah, but you guys know each other. You haven't met those people back there um, in Europe, in these motherland regions. Why not get to know and get to love and share with these people next? It's, it's bizarre, man. Who knows what the next incarnation of people will be? Uh, you know, these are neighbors for generations, yet we still allow ourselves to be tied back to something else, somewhere else that we've never seen. We keep these walls up. We don't trust ourselves to be free thinkers, to be objective and to say, wow, look at all the holes in this shit. They really you know, wrote these books in a hurry and made these people saints in a hurry, needed us all to get indoctrinated early on in our own lives so that questioning any of this would seem disrespectful and that it would weigh on our conscience for, you know, for asking about it. And it's just like if you if you don't subscribe to this podcast, God will punish you. So just dwell on that for a second. Just dwell. This is all just about dwell. This whole podcast is dwelling. Okay. Guys, um, speaking of dwelling, I mean, Script Pipeline, are you kidding me? This company, it's a company that gets your screenplay seen. Play. Screenplay gets it seen. Play. Okay. That's funny. Wordplay gets your script read gets it looked at you know all these people you meet in your life who are like oh i got an idea for a movie i want to write a movie we'll do it 
Do it. I mean, yeah, do it. Give it a shot. Don't bother me at every function for 10 years. Do it. Once you do do it, Script Pipeline is the company to get your script to. It, you know, if you want to give yourself a chance in life. Big swing. Do it. It's not that big. Seems big. Getting that second set of eyes on it, it's hugely. The first set of feedback notes is brutal on anything, right? On any of your work, your proposals, plans, dreams. You have kids. You send them out to the world in school. Are they going to do well socially, academically? At some point, they're going to play sports. Are they going to be humiliated? Um, you know, it's brutal. You get that script back or that paper or that idea, proposal. What do you mean my creation is imperfect and not being knelt down to? How dare these people give me anything? but adulation for this work that I spent so much time on and that is heartfelt to me. It's not just the time, but like, this is really meaningful. I'm going to take this personal regardless. They're incompetent little minds. They've just never seen this talent before. I'm doing something different. They don't understand. So it's hard. Like flailing at stand-up, which still happens. Uh, I'll talk about a show I did last night shortly. Um, I don't know this for a fact. I don't have kids, but it might be like when your kid, you know, is at school not getting good grades or good grades, or they're not making a sports team when you thought they would, and you train them hard and you promise them. It's a tough wake-up call to a parent, to a kid. You want to provide a perfect upbringing for your child, but other kids are getting in the way, right? So it's hard. It's hard because it's like, oh, this is a measurement of my parenthood, how well this child does on tests and how socially uh, adjusted well adjusted they are and if they do well on teams it's just like script pipeline my point is it's just just like script pipeline um guys they give your script good notes and they can get it to the right people that's the big thing and it's not expensive believe me uh and the coverage is good these guys see a lot they see just enough they see a lot of scripts so they're seasoned but not so much to the point that they're bitter. And they're like, what, whatever, another, you know, robot cowboy, outer space, future, uh, Armageddon movie. Yeah, no problem. They'll give it this, they'll give it its due. And they get the word to the right people, the right managers, agents, execs, whatever. It's a fluid, more fluid business now. Uh, but they are the link. Script Pipeline is the link. Don't need to move to Hollywood to follow your dream of being a screenplay writer. Um, live your dream. Do it from home. Best of both worlds, scriptpipeline.com. Okay, so uh, I'm turning 50 this week. And uh, where are we in this madness episode? Okay, we're a third of the way through. Too bad for you guys. I got you for 20 more minutes. <laughs> so I'm turning 50 this week. We had a little gathering Friday night at the Bistro K in Laguna Niguel at the intersection of Crown Valley and Niguel. It's amazing food, which is a perfect group of friends. My mom got to be in town and just an ideal evening. She got to see people say what a good job she did raising myself and my siblings can you imagine a public venue where people are like miss keen you did it miss keen all this so that was great um who knows don't know if she was affected by it whatsoever um but it was a perfect summer evening late september well after fall has officially begun not that late two days after fall was it's still freaking 85 degrees here uh, yeah, so my mom got to hear from people that she did a good job. There was cake. Kathleen found brought the cake. She was bummed. We didn't get a picture of it, but we did. And so she's relieved now. So, I mean, just important stuff here. The food at Bistro K is so good. It's, it's, it's Italian seafood. You know, it's not quite 
the traditional heavy stuff they have that option if you want it but they have a lot of like mediterranean seafood type tony's from italy um and his wife is from south africa i believe i've eaten everything at bistro k so many times i've never had a restaurant where i've eaten it like when you go to little caesars let's say in your life you go 20 times i've eaten every item at bistro k that many times like i know the menu at bistro k better than i know little caesars and all they do is pizza uh anyway yeah italian seafood can't go wrong the parking guys parking maybe it's from so long living in la like new york you don't have a car you know so you get off train taxi um uber you go into your place it's great but parking parking anxiety which is even worse than san francisco my god but uh you know i I remember doing gigs in la and you're like oh cool they have they got really easy parking it's like three bucks or five or even seven and you're good your car's good um can't go wrong so I, I'm really about that. Even though Orange County's got parking aplenty, but I'm still bragging about places that have it. <laughs> okay. Uh, at Bistro K, you have the entire lot. Am I doing an ad for Bistro K, or am I talking about this significant milestone in my life? Um, yeah, okay. So you have the entire lot. You are sealed off from any main streets. At Bistro K, yet you're basically at a major intersection for Laguna Niguel. <laughs> Excellent food. You know the staff. There's parking. I keep saying, and no other businesses are still open. After 3 p.m., the whole place is closed, the whole lot. It's just the best of everything for me at my age. People can come. They can drink. They can kind of be loud, though they're not. Um, it's outside. There's space and the weather. Uh, so it was great. So we had a group gather. We're going to do a little, some more people, maybe more personal things Saturday uh, with my brother and sister when they're in town. My friend Chris is in town, so we'll have a good time. Do all people get a little down after their birthday? I'm sure they do a little, right? Don't we all? It's got to be natural. It's you know, There's a rally around you for energy and people and friends and hopefully people you know, and then you're going to come down from that. I haven't even had the birthday yet, but I'm already coming down. Um, I don't know. Maybe having kids takes that away because when you have kids, you just can't worry about yourself as much anymore. Maybe even though you should. Right. Um, but now it's fit. So now it's like a full life. What happens at this point? Whatever. But, you know, I'm happy. But birthdays for me growing up meant like school was back. Football was happening. Kind of fun. Fall was happening. Um and at that age, and then for me, it was like my mom trying to make that day or that week about me, even though she had her hands full with three others, one special needs. So um, I think she was, always, so I, I'm always a little bit, you know, touched around this time of year because she worked so hard to make like those birthdays for each of us. So um, there's a mix of emotions. I'm sure we all have, Right like a check, like a checks and balances in the universe. Hey, another year behind you. Are you living as you wish? Are you doing more than just getting by? Uh, everyone's going to be excited to celebrate you, but you're also closer to death. I don't, I don't know. You know, where are you being too hard on yourself? Where are you being too nice on yourself? So it's, it was nice to have the party before the actual day because then you can absorb the blow a little bit. It gets real, real fast. Um, but also what a gift to be able to be alive at all in this long, you know, coming out of a pandemic where so many people lost so much lives, loved ones, professions, money, jobs, contracts. And we don't even know if we handled it that well. We don't even know if we did it right and how bad it was, but it's just more uncertainty. And, and that's what this podcast is. Thank you. Another plug. 
Um, but it was beautiful. It was fun. My friends, Simone and Andy spoke. Our friend Bill filled in for Mike Ferris with really aggressive hugging. Um, my friend Ferris was invited, but as Andy said years ago, he's basically D-Day from Animal House, whereabouts unknown, and he will pop in when you least expect it. Mike, my friend, he told his three boys, he's got three boys, he said, look, I can pay for your high school uh, or I can pay for your college because he was going to send them to our private high school here. And uh, and they opted for him paying for college. I don't know if they were trying to get out of college. I don't know if there was whatever, but because now they don't want to go to college. Um, and I thought Mike would be thrilled. Like, cool, I'm off the hook for both. Like, I didn't have to pay, and now they don't want to go to But I think he's like, shit, they're not going to make it into their 20s <clears throat> with an education. <coughs> hilarious uh, of the whole family but very on brand i think he's worried that like they're just gonna never they're gonna go right into the workforce now and never kind of have a little touch of academia who knows who knows he might be happy that he has, doesn't have to pay a cent plus he's got good work ethic which i'm sure he taught the boys which is just as important i mean you have guys that are in college forever that can't hold down a job okay so 50 um what do we got yeah we got family in town this week that'll be fun saturday night bistro k going back baby two straight weekends uh i've only got my mom here for another two weeks she's gonna head back to arizona in mid-october crazy how fast it goes uh i'll be doing my podcast from my apartment again uh in those two weeks instead of in the car such a weird world mommy there's a man out there in his car talking into a computer in 19 in 2022 all about his life why would she say the year um, and why would she hear all that? Okay, so 50 is nothing, and it's something. This is nothing, this is something. This is nothing, this is something. Uh, it's just a number, 5-0. I'm a cop now, guys. <laughs> I'm 5-0. 50 is nothing, and it's something. It's weird that episode 100 is the week I'm turning 50. Not weird, but actually at all. Uh, I'm glad I'm doing what I want again. Cruise ships are up again. You can... It's fun to do like longer sets, even though they're challenging. 45 minutes, an hour, because you can really find yourself and you you can expose the weak bits you have, the weaker jokes, stories that you're not really behind. You know, you're like, oh, that's glaring. That's glaring. It really puts a spotlight on the whole thing. Uh, I think I might be on the outs with Mr. Spade, but I uh, I have to wait. I just have to wait until something opens up again and not be... I don't think there were a lot of gigs left in the year if you look at his schedule. And plus, he's always doing uh, possible development deals in L.A. So many people want to work with him and create shows with him of all kinds, whether it's um, scripted <coughs> or like a single camera loose show or, you know, various game show, talk show, tough stuff, stuff like that, which he's amazing at. So, uh, But I have to do my own thing, too, you know. Go where the money is, which I'm 100% sure he understands because he said that. Okay, uh, I'm hoping we're close on this pilot thing and, and really not, really trying to not spread myself so thin with all different projects and people. You really want to isolate. So I'm like, oh, had I isolated years ago, 20 years ago? Eh, 15, give myself a break. Um, I really could have uh, gone further financially or career, structurally, careerly. Um, so 50. It's just an age with a huge spotlight on it. But you know what? You just keep going. You just keep... What, what are you going to do? What's the... Like, Louis C.K., Jay Leno, Rodney Dangerfield all say stand-up and life, too, obviously. You just keep going. What else are you going to do? You're going to sit and stew and regret? You're going to quit? 
and then regret quitting, and they're even more miserable, FOMO, fear of missing out, um, for the rest of your life because you weren't trying. So make yourself available. I loved the movie Parenthood with Steve Martin and Rick Moranis. I don't know if you remember that from the mid-late 80s, late 80s. Their father is Jason Robards. Robards has raised four kids, uh, Steve Martin, Diane Weist is a sister, and Rick Moranis' wife, sorry, is a sister. Remember, she was a beautiful actress, uh, Harley Jane Holzak, actress, author. <coughs> um, and then the youngest boy is Timothy Hulch, who was from Amadeus. He played Amadeus. He was a kid in Amadeus. Just an amazing film, amazing cast. Well, Amadeus is, but so is Parenthood. A young Joaquin Phoenix is in it. Martha Plimpton, Keanu, young Keanu Reeves is in it. Uh, it's Parenthood, the movie. Um, anyway, the youngest boy, Timothy Holch. Holche, Holch, Holchi, Holch. He's a train wreck. Adrenaline junkie, on the run constantly, gambling addict, short-term uh, everything, short attention span. Uh, he's blowing all his money from Amadeus. And Jason Robards, the father, he's trying to retire. But at this fourth kid, Timothy Holch, remains this X variable. He's crazy. He's unpredictable. He's early to mid-20s at this point. And uh, Jason Robards and the wife, his, his wife, the mother, are worried about him. You know, They've raised three functioning adults, and this last one is a wild card. Meanwhile, Steve Martin, the oldest, is just trying to deal with life, raise his three kids, uh, he's got a boy with major anxiety. He's coaching that baseball team. He's trying to be a great father, great husband. Um, and and Jason Robards goes to Steve Martin one day at practice, his oldest son, the one he's always been hardest on. Hardest on. And, and, and Steve Martin's trying to get his approval and all this. And uh, Robards tells him he's doing a good job, you know, as a father. And he's like, look, I'm still dealing with the youngest brother. And he basically says to him, there is no finish line in life. As a parent, in life, whatever, there is no finish line. And that always stuck with me. I think I saw that movie at like age 14, but that line always stuck with me. There is no finish, finish line, um, which is, means so much, right? It's like the parameters are gray. And all this, you know, these fairy tales that once you've graduated high school or college or gotten married or had children or bought a house or even retired, that it's all set at that point. But there is no finish line, right? There, you know, there's no time when you sit back and everything's fine. The power of now. Have to enjoy the now. Have to enjoy as you go the journey, all that stuff. It's so true and simple. <coughs> and it's said a lot, but it's true. Anyway, Parenthood, great movie, great message. Why is it great? Same writer-director as, oh, I don't know, Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, Weird Science, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, John Hughes, Just Unreal, so many more. Wrote Vacation. I don't know if he directed Vacation. Wrote, um, what, what's the Macaulay Culkin lost in New York? Or Parent Home, Home Alone, he wrote it, didn't direct it. You can tell. Great script. It's not quite got the tight direction of uh, John Hughes, the great. Um he kindly places Parenthood, the movie, around St. Louis, not Chicago. He, he was all about Chicago. All of his movies are based in Chicago. He gave Chicago a break on this one. Or maybe St. Louis got the break. Um, this, is all, this is why I geeked out so hard when I met John Hughes Jr. in Chicago with Steve Byrne a few years ago. So yeah, there is no finish line in life. And if you're sad at 50, I think it's either you haven't accomplished what you wanted or worse, you're not going after what you want. 
You're not going after what you want. Um, other than general sadness about being a little closer to death. But I don't feel it that way. Betty Davis said, old age is only for tough people. It's not for the faint of heart. Very interesting. She's great. Uh, doesn't matter how big you are, we all go sometime and you get forgotten about. Well, unless you're the queen and your funeral lasts a month. Uh, the entertainment director on the ship this past week in Alaska was great. She was uh, on the Discovery Princess. She's English. And she was saying if she were home, she'd be in that line for sure to pay respects to the queen. She'd be in that 24-hour line or whatever it was. And she'd have a thermos of vodka and uh, all the trimmings. And she would just uh, go through all that stuff. You know? crazy and now we have charles in charge the king charles in charge scott bayo baby you know this is a quick funny story i should tell more on stage scott bayo is um he was a guest on kimmel once and we we had him and we had him all day we didn't have him for he wasn't going to be on the show that night as a guest we were taping segments for him to be in and i forget what it was and we had a green room set up for him it was just for the day so he could come hang out and he's we made PAs available to him. Like, do you want us to go get food for you? Here's some desserts. Here's some candy. Here's some donuts. Here's all this stuff, drinks, whatever you need. If you, Any restaurant in L.A. will run while we're taping these segments and go get you food. Because he, he kept saying he's hungry, but he wouldn't touch anything. Meanwhile, we've got food on site, craft service it's called. And we've got everything you possibly need. Kimmel, they're very generous with all types of food, hot, cold, whatever, candy, sweets, healthy. Not only that, like Jimmy and the writers usually have a, a lunch by themselves, right? They get it not catered, but takeout or whatever, sometimes catered. And so Scott's got all these options, and you won't eat something, but he keeps complaining about being hungry. And then where we tape in Studio C, he's over there. Um, it's right by the kitchen, weirdly. It's just a weird thing. We tape these segments, these uh, bits for the show and it's called studio c but it's right next to where the chefs prepare food um where the craft service you know dole out treats and nourishment and he's over there in their way and it's like scott get out of there like doesn't this isn't your living room but i think when you're that like like kid what's his name um will smith man when you're that big from 14 15 16 years on like you're gonna have some arrested development issues and you think you can just walk up and slap the host of a show on an American institution like uh, the, you know, the Academy Awards? So anyway, Scott Bayo was messing around in this kitchen, and uh, and I was kind of new, but I was like, dude, this guy. And I'm like, Scott, come on, because the producer are like, Scott, can you come out? Can you? Come? And I'm like, Scott, hey, what do you want to burn down this kitchen too? Nothing. Nothing from him. Nothing from the staff at Kimmel. Nothing uh, from anybody that works in television that should get that reference. Um, but I, I was proud. I was proud. It didn't matter. Nobody got mad. Nobody cared. But uh, he burned down Al Arnold's in um, Happy Days, one of the biggest sitcoms of all time. With He threw the apron on the stove when the stove was still going, and he left to go hang out with a chick. And Fonzie blamed him, but Fonzie had a bunch of money and reinvested <clears throat> with Al. Okay, so I had a show at a golf course. Where did, where did that come from? Okay, so I had a show. I think I've told that story before on some podcast. I had a show at a golf course in Elsinore Saturday night. 
the night after Bistro K. Crazy drive out of Ortega Canyon with insane drivers who clearly know the turns and the grooves of the road. And when tailgate newcomers come to town, we're going too slow. I had to pull over three times to let the guy around, three different people around me. They were going crazy. It's like Cota de Casa in there, man. So, um, yeah, I just drove the long way home because I was like, I'm not going back at night now because it was daylight when I went. But weird gig. Golf course, Elsinore, a lot of things are weird. Golf course is anywhere weird. Elsinore's got its own weirdness to it. Um, probably people that they're the higher end of that community but still couldn't, they can't afford to be as high society as they might want or they think they are. I had to go first for the show. It was a little weird. High ceiling, restaurant with a stage. Backdrop was okay. Spotlight was hilarious, which right away the... the the layout, right? The ambiance isn't quite there, but I did a good job. We darkened it a little more. It was fine. Um, they had just had dinner. Their mind is still on dinner and getting situated and like, is this going to be worth it? How much should we pay? How long do we have to sit here? Uh, and you have to get them in gear. You have to set a nice table for the show, the other comics. It's not easy. I opened with how much uh, a nice country club in Elsinore deserved a needed comedy. You know, comedy, please take us away from this life just for a little while. Um, and they didn't really get it. Some places get it. You know, Irvine gets it. You do some places closer to the water. I think they have a better sense of humor sometimes. Uh, there are elements, because these people, I don't know if they realize you're making fun of them, but you're also pointing out how well they live. So don't go away mad, girl. Just go away. There are elements of society who aren't understanding they're being made fun of in a simple way. They either don't get it, which I, which F them for not getting it, or they take umbrage to it, which F them for that as well. So F them. Uh, it's about how deep does an audience want to go? How deep are they willing to go? How deep does the comedian want to take them? How much silence or lack of connection can the comedian deal with? Some, can, some are freaking crypt, kryptonite with punchlines, but they almost grow stronger. So I guess the silence would be kryptonite because they go right through. Or no, kryptonite, yeah. Kryptonite would be what kills them. Um, I guess it doesn't matter how bad the comic is if they're kryptonite, but they're just immune to the kryptonite. And they just keep going, and they grow stronger with how bad the show goes. And you're just like, whoa, you are. But that's no good because then they don't know when it goes well. Anyway. We know none of these people. Well, so we played um, what was it? Okay, so yeah, the show went fine. It was fine. It was Don McMillan. He's great. We had, there was a buffet before the show and I couldn't have cared less about, which is where, weird to be at. I used to be all about complimentary meal for these shows. I'm like, yeah, this is half the battle. Now I'm like, where's the meal we pay for where I can go sit and eat it in a different room by myself? Like, I'll pay extra. Anything away from the masses which is a great attitude for someone that wants to do stand-up comedy. Um, anyway, the takeaway from this past gig and the theme of this episode, I guess, if there was ever a theme, I don't know that I've ever had one. It's just all the structureness that is, I'm sorry, structurelessness, the structurelessness of the world, of existence. And you do what you can, right? And this is just how shows are going to go. They're going to go weird and it's never perfect it's never like a movie that's been edited it's never like a painting you can walk away from don mcmillan closed the show from america's got talent he's an engineer he's brilliant and even he's like man this business makes no sense 
And that's a guy that works in, you know, exactitude. If you ever get a chance to see Don McMillan, you got to do it. He makes fun of engineers, and he's so funny. He delivers his show in PowerPoint, and it's just great. He brings kids. You can bring kids. You can bring grandparents to see it. Uh, makes fun of all the modern technology. Really clowns modern-day society, social media, and all that stuff. Okay. Um, we're at 32. we got to go. Uh, we had a great student come and talk at my high school. Great student. Great alum. She's an engineer. Works at Disneyland. Nisha. Uh, just amazing. She works in ride management. Uh, I'm sorry, ride planning. So she's an engineer at uh, Disneyland. And she's just brilliant. She talked to the kids about how there's this ongoing battle with engineers and ride planners. Ride planners are kind of creatives, and they want to do these things, blast you out of a cannon. And engineers are like, okay, well, here are the limitations. Here's what it takes to work. And they go at it. And she and I were just discussing that that's the case in every industry. You know, you got a show idea you got all these big dreams and you're trying to do it but then there's the network or people that give you notes that are like okay well let's shape it let's shape it here you know what's doable what works and every the checks and balances man hopefully that's continues in america and hopefully that's what makes uh this country great is this checks and balances nobody's able to get away with anything maybe to a fault now who knows um but it was just funny that she recognized that and we talked about how both sides probably criticize each other like comedians and then their agents or their managers or the bookers. You know, it's kind of a battle. It's like, well, you got to make yourself funnier and more uh, approachable. And it's like, yeah, but I'm not an artist. I don't want to do that. So that's that battle. Okay. Uh, December 1st at Lacave in Costa Mesa. That's how far out we're booking. Also, it looks like Tuesday, October 11th at Paddy's Station in San Juan Capistrano. P-A-D-D-Y-S. Paddy's Station uh, in... Um, San Juan Capistrano, right by the train stop there. It is a uh, an 8 p.m. show. Subscribe to Keen on Things Podcast so you know right away when the episodes come. Keen, uh, Keen of Comedy on all social media platforms. Wow, we got it up to 34 today. Ooh. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. Let's talk soon. Yeah.